Good morning. I don't think everybody knows me. I don't know everybody here. I'm Tim Fear. I've been the transitional pastor here at Glenkirk for the last couple of years. I'm riding off into the sunset uh, after Sunday with a new pastor coming. And Betsy wanted me to just say a word to you, and I always do what Betsy tells me to do, so <laughs> I'm here. And, and here's, here's my word to you. It's 2 Timothy 3.16. I'm sure many of you have memorized that. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient Equipped for every good work. That's right. That's why you guys gather on Wednesdays. That's why we're here. Now, this is kind of long gone by now, but how many of you were fans of the radio program on NPR, Prairie Home Companion? Any of you ever listened to that? Right. Garrison Keillor, one of the great American storytellers. So, during those programs, he would have regular stories set in the mythical town of Lake Wobegon, Wisconsin, where the women are strong, all the men are good-looking, come on, you know it, and the children are above average. That was what he always said. In one episode in the Village Lutheran Church, which was sort of a run-of-the-mill pedestrian kind of a place, it was impacted by this evangelical couple or a little group of people, maybe from the Baptist church in town, They came in and they started to invite people to open the scripture on their own, gather in groups, and read, discuss, and learn. And this was greeted with some caution, uh, but then with increasing enthusiasm and numerical growth. And then Keeler says, after a season, there began to be disagreements and divisions and factions as people were arguing incessantly. And Keeler asked at this point in telling the story, what was the problem? And then he answers his own question, too much Bible study. (laughs) Everybody kind of being their own interpreter, this group believing this, that group believing that, constant fracturing. That is always the danger, isn't it? That's what the Pope said was going to happen 500 years ago when this Protestant movement got going. And he was to some degree right. But we're willing to live with that because of all the benefits. Protestant movement really at its heart is a literate, reading, thinking, Christ-centered, Bible-focused people movement, as opposed to a more visual, sensual, experiential worship institution. And there's plenty more to be said about the Catholic Church, but that is somewhat true. Now, if I have a hero, it's Leslie Newbigin. Leslie, that's a guy. English pioneer missionary to India. He was an evangelist. He was a teacher engaging with Hinduism directly for decades, from the 1930s onward. Betsy actually used his commentary on the Gospel of John last year as you guys were working your way through John. And that Gospel of John commentary came out of his sitting with Hindu teachers, opening John's Gospel with them to present Christ to them as he, in turn, out of mutual respect, read with them from their holy texts. So, Newbigin returned to England in the 1970s after 40 years to pastor a very large urban church in central Birmingham, which had just become a very different place from when he was a boy. Found himself in really 
almost like a foreign land. His homeland had become very secularized. It had changed. And he became a, a prolific writer on Christianity in a pluralistic, hostile, cultural environment. He was a Reformed Christian, and we at Glenkirk come out of the Reformed branch of the Protestant Reformation. That is, we find our roots back in John Calvin's experiment in Geneva, Switzerland, 500 years ago. Newbigin was Cambridge-educated, and he says that he began in the early 1930s as a bit of a theological liberal. You know, he really wasn't believing all the affirmations of the New Testament. But while he was home from India in the mid-1930s, he decided, uh, it was like on a furlough, he decided to work his way through the Greek text of Paul's letter to the Romans. And he says, I began Romans as a liberal, and I finished as an evangelical, embracing the cross, embracing a deep view of human sin, and grace alone, faith alone, scripture alone. That's the power of the Bible. Martin Luther had a pretty similar story from 1513, 1516. He's lecturing in Wittenberg, Germany, and he began to think differently about how an individual sinner finds forgiveness from God. Contrary to his earlier training and teaching, thinking of God's righteousness as an active righteousness, that is, that demands human effort in your own strength to measure up to God's righteous standards, he came to the conviction that human effort is utterly unable to achieve this, and it's only granted as a gift, a free gift from God. Again, grace alone, faith alone. It was Romans 1.17 that captured him. For in it, that passage says, that is, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, it's given from faith to faith. And Luther really found peace of mind as... Many of us, perhaps all of us here this morning, have in that great good news. And again, there's Romans, and there's the transforming power of the Bible. Karl Barth was another Reformed Christian, probably the most influential theologian of the 20th century, Swiss Bible teacher, and he began as a pastor, and like Newbigin, he was no evangelical. He was rather liberal in his commitments, and he was pastoring a state church in an industrial town called Safenville, south of Zurich, and he was preaching philosophy and current events, and this little old lady came up to him after church one Sunday, and she said, why don't you preach more out of the Bible? And it really struck him, and then in the summer of 1915, with World War I in full swing, and he was completely disillusioned with his German teachers, who all had lined up behind Kaiser Wilhelm and and the war effort. And and Bart just said it was kind of a war theology. He said, we've just got to start completely over. We've got to start studying the Bible. So he and his friend, Edward Trenizen, who lived over the mountain range, they would hike to each other's village and started studying the Bible together. In the summer of 1915, they opened up 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, and started just reading it and studying it. And he says, as he tells his own story, we realize that God was speaking to us through the text. Imagine that. Totally transformed them. And four years later, Karl Barth wrote his own commentary on the Book of Romans, which rocked the academy and the church in Europe and, and in the United States after World War II and continues to influence places like Princeton Seminary, where I was educated, and Fuller Seminary, where Betsy was educated. So he became a teacher, ultimately, at the University of Bonn, 
Germany. And he refused to sign an oath of allegiance to Hitler, which all academic faculty were required to do as soon as the Nazis came into power in 1933. He refused to sign it. So he was removed from the faculty. He stayed in town as a critic of the Nazi movement. He was banned from public speech. And then finally, in 1935, he was kicked out of the country, went back to Switzerland. In his farewell lecture to his students at the University of Bonn, he concluded this way. He said, well, I thought that I was going to remain here and conclude my days teaching along the Rhine, but now the end has come. So this is my charge to you. Bible study, Bible study, and more Bible study. Stick to the word that God has given you. And that is my sort of final word to you women who stick to Bible study, Bible study, and more Bible study on Wednesdays. I've never met a mature Christian who wasn't conversant in, hadn't marinated in the scriptures for a good long while. That doesn't mean you know how to find the address of every piece of scripture where it's found in the Bible, but the scripture is in you, and it's informing you, it's shaping your character, and it's growing your spirit and your soul. That is what Wednesdays are all about at Glenkirk with women in the scripture. That's why you gather here, why Betsy, Caitlin, others prepare and stand and deliver. And it's really one of the open secrets which has given Glenkirk its character and its strength and its depth and probably helped carry it through the awful time a couple years ago. And that's women's Bible study. So keep it up. Bible study, Bible study, and more Bible study. Stick to the word that God has given to you. God bless you guys.